Kirk Herbstreet, no more bowl games. It's Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I really wanted to title the show episode, you know, let, let a naysayer know, but I'm not sure I could get through that without totally cracking up. That was hilarious yesterday. Uh, lots to talk about. Uh, did we learn any lessons from Liberty? Uh, and did they learn any lessons? And then uh, the top Sunbelt Conference teams hitting the road uh, in hoops uh, this week. But let's start it off with Kirk Herbstreet thinks with the 12-team playoff, there's no need for bowl games next season. All right. So, admittedly, these bowl games are you know, for a bunch of sponsors to get a bunch of money. It doesn't necessarily matter how many people are at the game, uh, but it is on TV and they get exposure. And, you know, the, the funnier the mascot, a Pop-Tart, a Cheez-It, a Duke's Mayo Bowl, you know, it is an exhibition. And the kid, you know, everyone's getting paid except the kids. All right. Uh, so I understand that. And maybe Kirk is overacting a little bit to what happened to Florida State, right? We got jobbed. We didn't make the playoff. Everybody's opting out including who would have been the, uh, you know, the starting quarterback, the backup quarterback, Rodmaker, uh, getting out of there. All right. So it doesn't look good. You know, Jordan didn't have a bunch of guys backing out. Some did. Some were banged up, right? Uh, and they didn't play, but they had most of their players. And it looked like it as, you know, Georgia decimated uh, Florida State. But no more bowl games? Really? Is that what we're going with? Only the top teams can play in a playoff game? Is that what we are with college football? Because regardless if I watched or you watched, those bowl games mean a lot, all right? South Alabama, with all due respect, Coach Womack had a crappy season. They fell way short of my expectations, their expectations, whatever the case is. But think how special it was, because this hardly ever happens, if at all. You know, unless you're, you know, USC or UCLA playing in the Rose Bowl. They got to play a home bowl game, won their first bowl game in the history of the school at home in Mobile. Now, maybe it'd be cooler to go to an exotic place. That's still pretty neat, all right? That bowl victory means a whole lot to South Alabama, right? They have not had a program around for 100 years, right? I'm not even sure we're at 20 years for South Alabama's football program. It certainly hasn't been 20 years since they've been FBS. So it means something to them. You don't think it means anything to Western Kentucky? I know the Cajuns took it on the chin, but you don't think it means something to them? Sure does. So I, I'm trying to figure out if we can only have a playoff, only have bowl games for the playoff teams. That means everybody else stinks or everybody else can't celebrate. Now, it used to be, all right, and it for the most part, it still is. It used to be, you know, a congratulations for a, a season well done. The problem is now is that there are too many bowl games, right? Bowl games usually started like Christmas, right? I remember Syracuse went out to the Aloha Bowl and it was the only football game. It's not the only sporting event really on Christmas day. And so the Aloha Bowl gets this, a ridiculous rating size 
because, uh, or maybe it was, yeah, the Aloha Bowl. So whatever it was, it was out in Hawaii. And it doesn't matter who's playing in it, but it's the only game on, right? They're way before the NBA went on Christmas. There's no NFL on Christmas. It's the only sporting event on during Christmas. So it gets an inordinate, uh, a ridiculous rating because it's a football game. Um, but that's usually when it started. Now everything starts a week before, right? I, a lot of teams, if you play in a championship bowl game or championship conference game, you might get two weeks, right? There's not a whole lot of time to plan. You know, there's not a whole lot of downtime, right? The whole idea of playing in a bowl game, right, before conference championship games, and so it ended on Thanksgiving, you get a week off to recuperate, right? Maybe probably get ready for finals, right? And then you get like two weeks of practice and then you go for a week and have fun in the sun. That was the whole idea. And now it's become this whole financial deal where, you know, if we ain't getting paid, we ain't playing. And to a point of that, they probably should, but that's a different story. Again, I, again, whether I'm watching it or not, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that outside of, you know, the Sun Belt games and going to the, you know, the Syracuse South Florida game, ouch, that I watched a whole lot of bowl games uh, this season. I just, I just, I just didn't, just didn't. That That's me. But I know a lot of other, obviously a lot of other people did. Ratings were high. Um, And my, remember, we, we had this issue with, with all the Sunbelt teams uh, playing against backup quarterbacks. And a lot of those teams with backup, backup quarterbacks won, <clears throat> right? I mean, <clears throat> no way that, you know, Marshall could lose to a backup quarterback, right? Uh, no way Georgia Southern could lose to a backup quarterback, right? Come on. I think uh, Georgia State was playing the starting quarterback and they won. No. So I, I think it's foolish for Kirk Herbstreet. Maybe he doesn't seem to be a hot take guy uh, as others on the internet are. But just because the, I don't want to say mainstream media, but big time media, uh, would care about some of these bowl games more than others. People are watching. And again, the media gets caught up in the, with the Pop-Tart and the Duke's Mayo Bowl and, and whatever crazy mascot I have. So much so, right? The guys over at the Senior Bowl are trying to figure out what to do with the Reese's Cup, right? And Jim Nagy's saying that, you know, they may, maybe melt them, put the coolers down there. Let's go. Frozen uh, Reese's Cups are the best. So, again, I don't think the bowl games are going anywhere. It makes too much money for too many people. Uh, ESPN is fully in. Uh, Fox is in. It's it's really good programming. Excuse me, drinking coffee if you're not watching. Uh, it's really good programming. I, I wouldn't say cost-effective programming, per se. Those things cost a little bit of money to put on. But when there's no new programming, and right, that we're not even talking about the writer strike or anything like that, like the new programming is not going to, wouldn't come out till February anyways, right? The TV seasons would be over. So now you have a bunch of sporting events and it fills up a bunch of programming, right? I mean, that's Saturday. It was all, you know, it was a Sunbelt Saturday. How great was that, right? That was, was that the week after? You know, the, the Cajuns played like, yeah, so that was pretty cool, right? 
And so you get all these games. And again, whether I watch it or you watch it, the kids care. The coaches care. Certainly the coaches who get bonuses with bowl wins care. Certainly the coaches who care about going to a bowl game and get bonuses for that, they care. And I know they're getting paid and maybe the kids aren't. And they get a little bag full of, you know, stuff. Uh, Good for them. But I I think Herb Street's way off the deep end that you're going to eliminate the bowls because of what happened in one Florida state bowl game, right? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. Uh, I just don't buy it. I I think the bowl games are fine. Uh, I like the 12 team. I think it's going to go to 16 team playoff. Uh, I don't know if you have to do any more than that, right? You know, division one double a does that and they're fine with it. Figure it out. All right. Uh, but the people who are figuring out, again, the one thing you have to realize that the people who have the money don't want to give the money to the other people who don't have the money, whatever facet of life. So uh, figure it out. It seems pretty good. I think next year is going to be even better. Um, I don't think because you have more playoff games that the other bowl games are going to suffer any. I just don't. I just don't. So uh, I think it's been a tremendous bowl season. We got one more game to go. It should be a heck of a championship game. Michigan and Washington, uh, the playoffs uh, yesterday were fantastic. Two great football games. So uh, I think bowl season was great. Playoff is great. Playoff is going to get better. Uh, I think everybody is getting served properly. And I don't think you just need to eliminate the bowl games because you have opt-outs. I I, I just don't think that. I, some guys opt out and some guys don't. And congratulations to the guys who played, even the ones at Florida State. We're not bailing, all right? All right, let's take a timeout. When we come back, Uh, Lessons learned from Liberty. Let me tell you a little bit about FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets, guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So you don't even have to win the $5 bet. You just have to place one. How do you beat that? (laughs) You don't. All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Happy New Year to everybody, in case you did miss it. I do appreciate everybody who has, uh, you know, subscribed. We're we're growing, uh, you know, like the best month ever in December, uh, 250 subscribers. So it's like 25% or so of what I've got so far. So thank you so much. Okay. So yesterday, uh, Liberty took it on the chin, 45 to 6 to Oregon. And, uh, you know. Again, maybe Liberty's strength of schedule was not exactly what ESPN said it was. Maybe that's from the beginning of the year. They're, the teams that they played and beat were a little bit better than what people maybe thought they were, right? I mean, New Mexico State was pretty good, beat them twice, right? I mean, New Mexico State, you know, finished the season 10 and 5. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of ball games there. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, Old Dominion went to a ball game. They beat them pretty good. Uh, you know, Western Kentucky's not bad, right? They beat Jacksonville State pretty handily. So it's not, it, it wasn't quite as soft a schedule 
as ESPN and maybe I made it out to be. Doesn't mean it wasn't like the easiest schedule in college football, at least as ESPN has it ranked. Okay. Uh, but did they, and we've talked about this, did the group of five schools learn a lesson? Do you eliminate the paycheck game to go to a New Year's Six Day Bowl game, which is more money? Right? The amount of money that Liberty and Conference USA got to go to the game is a huge sum compared to the, you know, 750 one million, one and a half million dollars that you got to go play Minnesota, which half of that, and that's what the Cajuns did, uh, half of that probably goes to the cost of playing the game anyways. And, and so there's no whole lot of profit in that deal. And so the only problem that Liberty really had is that they wouldn't stop spouting off and they didn't stop spouting off. And when I say Liberty, I mean the fans didn't stop spouting off at how great they were and how bad everybody else was, and then you got embarrassed. Now, I don't really think uh, this changes anything in terms of, you know, not bringing in the Conference USA team. We'll see how Liberty schedules in the future. I mean, you know, good on Bo Nix, talking about a guy who didn't opt out. Bo Nix could have opted out, right? Bo Nix is probably going to be a first-round pick, if not a second-round pick. Uh, he's improved exponentially. Uh, he loses twice this year, both to Washington, both by, by very close scores. And he doesn't have to go out and play, but he does. And they fell behind a little bit and then routed a Liberty in the second quarter, putting up 28 points in, in route to a 45 to six route. So, you know, Liberty fans wouldn't shut up about it. But do they have the last laugh? They're the ones who played in the Fiesta Bowl. Do we want to be... You know, say JMU was eligible to play in a in a regular bowl game. Are they? Are they getting a New Year's Six Day Bowl? I don't know. Or do you go to a lesser bowl game where really the paycheck is that takes care of the the trap, right? We're not turning any profit. So we'll see if the lessons learned and these things are done way in advance, right? Again, the Cajuns. Two years? Let me make sure about that. Because somewhere along the way, they got Michigan State. But I think that's in two years. Let me see. Uh, because, you know, that's not exactly. And Jonathan Smith is the new coach. And not exactly. And Mich Minnesota wasn't either, although they won their bowl game. Right? Minnesota isn't... Uh, you know, on the upper echelon of teams either. Let's see. No, that doesn't do it. All right. So we got to go to ragingcages.com. Um, so again, we'll see how, how to play this and why wouldn't you follow the lead? All right. And the problem is if you follow the lead of Liberty and then the committee changes it, well, they're now they're basing it on strength of schedule right here. It was Liberty won all their ball games. That didn't matter for Florida state. But Liberty won all their bowl games. They're going to the New York Six Day Bowl. Right. And then they're mocking, you know, SMU lost and Sunbelt teams that lost, mostly the fans. Uh, but if you are a, a G5 team and they're going to take the G5 team that has the best record, why would you not 
follow that model. Isn't that better? Let's see here. 2024, the Cajuns do have Michigan State. Uh, we've just and they have Tulane. Um, Tulane's actually at home. But 2025 to me is the season for the Cajuns. Let's see who they have. They have Missouri. And who knows what anybody's going to look like. Forget about, you know, in one season, what they're going to look like in two seasons. Nobody has any idea, right? It, right? In college football now, you really have to. It is a lot like pro football. You know, key spots are going to be changed on an annual basis. Building a program, it, it, you really have to change it. It's not going to be built a program. You got to do it annually. It's, you know, you're always losing kids, no matter, you know, nowadays or five years ago or 10 years ago, people were always transferring out. They had to sit out, but always transferring out. But you really have to build a team on an annual basis. So who knows what it's going to be like. But that's the year for the Cajuns with the new state. All right. On a side note, Zeon Chris had about a dozen schools that he listed that had shown interest. I think five of them seem to have their quarterback already. He's got some interesting names on that list, including Houston, TCU, and Tulane. Be tough if he ends up at Tulane. I still think if the Cajuns and IL can get an offer together, they need to make one quick because it's January 2nd and the music's going to stop and he's not going to have a place to go. So we'll see. All right. He thought about, oh, and South Carolina could still be a possibility, but he was thinking about going to Duke. That's taken. He was thinking about going to UCF. That's taken. So uh, we shall see where he ends up. Anyways, so do, does, does, you know, G5 schools follow the model that Liberty has uh, and, you know, does a weaker schedule, wins all the bell games, which is tough to do in the Sun Belt. All right. Even JMU lost this year at home, by the way. Uh, so that's tough to do. Um, but they also beat a power five team on the road, whether that power five team was Virginia or not. All right. You know, JM, you can't help it. The situation that Virginia was in, uh, and they eked out a victory uh, on the road. So do you, do you play a power five team, a middling power five team for the paycheck, or do you play another, uh, G five team and just try and get the win. And now you're sitting pretty for the, for the, uh, uh, for the bowl committee, I guess, uh, who's ever putting it together. Uh, it used to be, you know, whatever it is, but it, who's ever selecting who's going to the bowls, the more wins you have, the better. So I know we sort of, a bunch of people mocked Liberty for losing, but did they get the last laugh? I, I mean, I think they, they're the ones in the Fiesta Bowl. Whether they had the week schedule or not, Liberty was in the Fiesta Bowl. So we'll see who learns lessons from that and who doesn't. All right, let's take a time out. When we come back, we will talk about uh, Sunbelt basketball. Top teams hitting the road this week. It is a locked on Sunbelt. All right, Dave Schultz, locked on Sunbelt, your team every day. Again, special thanks to everybody who's been subscribing. We're almost at 1,100 uh, 1, subscribers. So really appreciate uh, you helping out with that. Please tell your friends and family about uh, Lockdown Sunbelt on YouTube. Uh, also, don't forget about, you know, if you can't watch it on YouTube, you know, you want to listen to it on your commute. Wherever you get your audio podcast, Lockdown Sunbelt, just search for that. Apple Podcasts and Spotify seem to be the most uh, popular when it comes to that. So, again, thank you so much. We'll continue to grow. Really going to look to get some guests on uh, this week. We're going to try, try to get some players, try to get some coaches. 
And of course, come February, we'll start talking baseball uh, and softball as well. So again, thanks so much for your support. Uh, let's talk about those top Sunbelt basketball teams hitting the road right after this. All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. We had the first full week, well, first full, not weekend, but Saturday of Sunbelt basketball games. And excuse me, for the first, uh, for the most part, the home teams won. South Alabama pulled off a dramatic comeback from 22 points down with 14 minutes to go. And uh, Troy beat a Coastal Carolina team in Conway. Uh as the, as the Chanticleers are in a little uh, flux uh, with a new coaching staff in the middle of the season. Okay, so let's look at what's happening on this week, uh, early preview. The big ball game is here in Lafayette. Thursday night, the uh, 19th-ranked and undefeated James Madison Dukes coming in to take on uh, the Raging Cajuns. Cajuns have been, it has been a roller coaster season. Not once, but twice this year, they've hit 18 threes, setting and then tying a school record. Uh, but... They've also lost uh, to Wright State. Uh, they did lose to McNeese, which is now not looking all that bad. I happen to think that was the best game they played all season, was regardless of what happened in the game. That was the best game they've looked like all season long, uh, the loss to McNeese. But they come back, and uh, they beat Rice on the road, which is nice, but then they lost to Marshall on uh, the road. They do have two home games, James Madison and Coastal Carolina, uh, this week. We'll see what happens against JMU. And again, I still say for the Cajuns to be competitive, they need to hit 10 threes. That's, that's it. It'd be nice if Josh Charles, uh, Joe Charles, sorry, Josh Charles, Joe Charles would be more consistent. Themis folks has to be more aggressive. Uh, and they gotta, it's not that they have to win the rebounding edge, but they got to compete. You know, you lose the rebounding edge by five, that may be okay. You start losing it by 10. It's going to be tough as well. So somewhere along the way, you have to stay close rebounding and you have to, uh, you got to shoot the threes. You got to make threes. That's the only way this Cajuns team uh, can uh, compete. Also hitting, <clears throat> excuse me, also hitting the road is App State. They're 10 and three. That's the second most wins uh, in the Sun Belt. And they're taking on South Alabama. Again, South Alabama been up and down, losing to Mobile in their first game uh, this season. Uh, taking it on the chin, not looking good at all against Alabama. All right. And losing is one thing. They lost 102 to 46 and we're finding out Alabama, uh, isn't all that also lost at home, uh, to Nichols. Then they rallied, uh, did three wins in a row. And now all of a sudden they've won four in a row, you know, embarrassed Mercer, 83, 62. They beat Spring Hill at home, another uh, local team, uh, and then took care of Alabama A&M, and they had the big come-from-behind win against Old Dominion. Now, what do they do? They get App State and Georgia State. Georgia State could be improved. They're 6-6. Six and six. Remember, they, they started out 7-6 and six last year, and then went 3-15 and 15 in the conference. So uh, we'll see what Georgia State uh, does on the road. Then by then it turns around quickly. Not They host App State and Georgia State, and then they get James Madison. So that's going to be a tough back-to-back -back weekends for uh, South Alabama. Old Dominion trying to bounce back. They're taking on Troy on Thursday. Uh, Georgia State with a, a one-point win against Arkansas State at home and really a good basketball game. Uh, they're going to Southern Miss. Southern Miss is going to want to bounce back after kind of getting embarrassed against Georgia Southern, right? Losing is one thing, 
Uh, but getting blown out is another by an own 12 team. Georgia Southern played very well. I think that was more Georgia Southern playing well than Southern Miss playing bad. But, you know, we'll see if Southern Miss at home can bounce back. Texas State, 6-7. and seven. They're hosting Coastal Carolina on Thursday. And then Arkansas State having that one-point loss. They're an improved team, although they are 4-9. and nine. They have a nice win over Louisville. But somewhere along the way, you got to get past that. They're hosting Georgia Southern. Can Georgia Southern uh, change things up uh, on the road? That win, we talked about it. That win at home was going to be big. That game against Southern Miss was going to be big because they're next four on the road. All right, so then on Saturday, South Alabama hosting Georgia State. Southern Miss gets James Madison. Monroe gets Georgia Southern. Arkansas State hosting Old Dominion. Troy and App State. Then you get Texas State and Marshall. And the Cajuns are hosting Coastal Carolina. There seems to be some uh, other games in here. Marshall and Monroe are playing on Wednesday. All right. So usually a Saturday-Thursday deal or Thursday-Saturday deal, but those two games are playing on a Wednesday. All right. So, again, big ball game coming up on Thursday. We're going to get a lot of excuses on why Cajuns fans didn't show up. All right. Anything, I'm telling you, anything less than 5,000 is going to be disappointing. Flat out. Anything less than 5,000 fans in the Cajun Hall. Now, I'm not talking paid attendance. I'm talking, and I'll be I'll be straight. I'll, I'll let you know. If it's just under 5,000, okay, it is a Thursday night, but it's not exactly, you know, if it was tonight, like, after the long holiday weekend, I'd be like, okay, people are, you know, they've gone out enough. This is a couple of days later. People are back in the flow, all right? Need to be 5,000. I mean, it really should be 9 to 10, but that's ridiculous. Let's see if it's 5,000, all right? I'm going to get up off the couch and go, that's for sure. Uh, and looking forward to watching JMU in person. That's the other thing. Uh, all right. Thanks so much for tuning in. I know today's episode was a little bit tardy. Kind of got caught just watching football on the couch uh, yesterday. So thanks so much for tuning in. We'll continue with uh, more episodes again, hopefully having uh, some guests uh, to uh, talk about their football season and, and talk about the basketball season uh, as well. And we're looking forward to maybe having some players uh, as well. So again, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Dave Schultz, and you've been watching Locked On Sunbelt. Your team, every day.